Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hiring Enablement Podcast. My name is Gavin Spears, CEO of Solutions Driven, a global recruiting partner that guarantees right first-time hiring. Over the last few months, we've seen many things change when it comes to hiring. And over the last few years, we've recognised three global hiring challenges, what we call hiring insanity, hiring inequality, and hiring execution. Over the coming episodes of the podcast, we will discuss the overall theme of how much hiring has changed as we do continue to see this to be a challenge that many organisations are underestimating. In today's episode, we're going to focus on startups and scale-ups. We're going to dive into the right processes and the right continuous improvement mindset that is needed to hire top talent. To discuss this topic further, I'm delighted to be joined by Magnus Tus Hansen, who is Head of People and Culture at Whistleblower Software. Magnus has a, re has a really interesting career to date. Magnus built his own sustainable fashion company during high school. He's been involved in headhunting in leading exec search firms. He has led talent acquisition. He is now the head of people and culture at, Whistle, at Whistleblower. And some career highlights today has included yeah, hiring uh, 58 people in the first six months of Whistleblower. At the age of 25, being responsible for all talent activities in a, a well-funded legal tech startup and placed over 100 people before the age of 25. He's also very focused on building and automating hiring processes to support that hyper-growth uh, startup, and also what he calls growth hacking, really looking at how he can optimize uh, hiring results through data and analytics. And when he's not doing that, he's also very passionate about boxing, running, healthy living, biohacking, and has played the guitar since 10 years old. So Magnus, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm very, uh, very excited to be here. Good, excellent, super. So let's dive in. So I guess today, as I said, we're focusing on startup scale-ups and what, what those organizations do to optimize hiring processes. So maybe first of all, in, in your experience, um, what are the key elements that differentiate a successful talent acquisition strategy in a scale-up versus a startup? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very good uh, and complex question because when you translate or go from a startup into a, a scale-up environment, a lot of things change and a lot of things you will have to uh, be very good at. Because if you are not very uh, reflected about your choices, then you would easily uh, fail uh, very early mm -hmm. on. And it's probably uh, one of the departments or uh, functions of a company that are, are the most crucial in this phase, mm -hmm. because if you hire the wrong people, in the start of your uh, journey to become a hyper growth uh, company then uh, a lot of you know uh, problems will uh, emerge from that but i, I tend to uh, kind of divide this um, question into six uh, topics actually mm -hmm. uh, and i can just briefly go over them and elaborate yeah. on uh, the more uh, interesting one of them but uh, i think the first one is to really uh, have a specialization uh, in, uh, in the efforts in inbound and outbound TA through LinkedIn. So um, LinkedIn is obviously more powerful than uh, a lot of recruiters think. That is uh, my uh, opinion, and I can see it on the results that we uh, create. So I will also uh, get into that uh, later, but you also mentioned growth uh, hacking in the, in the intro, and I think that is very much related to, to this dot. So yeah. to really dig into the targeting of LinkedIn, how you do Boolean search, how you can optimize the, the kind of algorithms that, that they use. And if you can spot how they are working, then you can actually become a, a master on this and you can get your applications much uh, cheaper and so on. 
it uh, it requires a lot of uh, effort. It it does, but when you have done this, uh, you would not regret it. So mm-hmm. I think that is uh, the one thing that really differentiates going from startup into scaler because startup you can you you are allowed to be let's say spontaneous about uh, hiring processes and there's not a lot of hires and if you hire five people a month for instance then it's manageable uh, somehow yeah. to to just make quick decisions and ah we can just do that and this and but when you uh, hire let's say 13 or 15 people a month uh, when you are only one or two recruiters then it becomes very very uh, difficult to um, mm-hmm. obviously hit your targets mm-hmm. and then uh, the second thing is uh, to have a proven and tested process that truly works. So as a TA leader, you have to trust the process. And if you cannot trust the process, then uh, I think you should start there. Uh, so uh, yeah, again, in the startup phase, you can you can make a lot of mistakes that that's okay, but you cannot make mistakes if you want to hire 13 people, for instance, in, in a month, um, month over month. Then you have to be very, uh, yeah, you have to rely on the process. And then uh, I think it's important to have perfect knowledge on the ideal profiles that you're looking for. In the start of a startup, you you don't know exactly what skills do we are we looking for, what uh, traits are we looking for, what what is our culture even like, what 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 values do we would like to bring into the culture? Because up until 50 employees, you will your your employees will set the scene, the set the culture, and. Um, yeah, it's 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 very very important that you know who you are looking for when you enter hyper growth phase and scale up uh, environments. Um, then we have uh, hiring manager alignment and buy-in. If they don't buy into your process, if they don't buy into your way of thinking as a, a TA leader, then uh, it will slow down the process. It will uh, result in a bad uh, candidate experience and so on. And then uh, I have human-centric automizations, as I call it. So a lot of uh, recruiters, they tend to generalize and just make very generic automizations, uh, which is a mistake, in my opinion. They should be very human-centric if you choose to automate. Um, and I, we can also touch uh, on that later. And then, yeah, l- the last thing is, uh, of course, an excellent candidate, candidate experience that is... Uh, one of the most important bullets, I think. Excellent, super summary. And and just kind of leading on from that, you know, as as a company scales, how do you think the TA function can continue to play their part in showcasing the company culture to attract the right talent? Because again, just you know, as you finish there in candidate experience, that obviously aligns then to you know what does the candidate think about the company? So how does how does TA play their part in showcasing that? So how how we communicate effectively. Uh, yes. to attract the talent yeah uh, yeah so i think a lot can also be done here uh, i actually use the culture material of the company quite heavily i would say because people don't choose um a professional job uh, i mean they can get there they can get a professional job everywhere so you have to be competitive and be clear about what what can you actually offer to the best candidates and in my opinion uh, it comes down to culture um so, for instance, I I use it quite heavily in uh, job descriptions. So I explain uh, what is the process, uh, what is our culture, what traits and what talents do we believe that will succeed here, because then that will obviously 
attract the right talent when they look at the job description. Because if I write, we need uh, targeted people, we need positive people, uh, then uh, if you cannot see yourself in, in that, I mean, then uh, you would probably not uh, ap apply to the, the position. Um, then uh, as a second thing, I actually, and that, that surprised me a lot, uh, but uh, I did uh, a video with me uh, in a recording of like 15 minutes where I explain about the culture, who we are, the visions of the company, how many employees we are, how our sales team uh, is structured, uh, how is our funding, all that stuff, and uh, also ways of working. So how do we actually work in here? What is our values? Um, and then I, I, I actually sent that out in the uh, process in the candidate experience. So again, I, I, I try to foster all the cultural uh, things throughout the process. And that uh, I have got a lot of uh, attention on. Um, because no no one else is doing that. So I think it's also about how can you differentiate yourself in a yeah. startup scale-up environment because we are so many scale-ups and startups. Uh, so why should they choose you? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's pretty much uh, the most important uh, things yeah. I do right now to, to communicate it. So really use uh, job descriptions actively. And also uh, try to invent something in the process that will tell about your culture, why they should join, what what is interesting about you. Um, yeah. Yeah, good, excellent, good. And, and I think just linking on to that, I mean, I think there's no doubt, you know, scaling scaling involves rapid growth, you know, and, and I think the challenge many organizations find is getting that balance for not only the, the need for speed in terms of hiring, but also ensuring that A, the right candidates are being selected, but also that the candidates are the long, the right long-term, you know, of yeah. people for for the growth. So, how do you get that balance? How do you you kind of work in that in that space? Yeah, I think this might be my favorite question so far, mm -hmm. um, because this is really what differentiates a good TA leader and a bad TA leader, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to the most important thing: uh, to hire the best talent, no matter what. Um, and I think the first thing is um, process, process yeah. and process. Uh, yeah. That is uh, so, so important that you trust this process and that you have found a way to assist candidates. So one thing is to attract and find, but can you actually yeah. assist them in the right way? Um, and do you ask the right questions? Do you use the right tools to do that, et cetera? Um, because if you hire too fast without this trusted process, it will result in a high churn. And if you have a high churn, uh, investors uh, don't like that. And uh, yeah. the culture definitely don't like it. So, I mean, how can you really ensure that balance? Um, and to me, it comes down to one thing. Uh, it's uh, talent profiling. Yeah. I think it's very, um, very, very, very crucial uh, at this stage that you find a tool or an assessment tool that you really, really believe in and that you have spent a lot of time investigating. So uh, as an example, we uh, we know exactly what profiles we want in our sales team now. And how 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 did we, you know, came to that uh, point where we just know that because we didn't in the start. Um, but when I came in as a peer of people and culture, then I analyzed uh, top performers and uh, bottom performers. And then I could see through a uh, talent test uh, that I'm very, very 
uh, invested into, then I could just see what 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 talents are in the top three uh, in our top sales uh, people, and what about the bottom uh, talents? So what do we definitely don't need? And when you have a lot of employees, or you start to get a lot of employees, then you will also have a lot of data to support that uh, analysis. And uh, then I just figured out a good kind of fundament to start from, and then from there on, I just uh, tried to test it, to test it again and again and again. And uh, I have tested now 500 uh, people or candidates, and uh, I just see a clear tendency of talents that works in our culture, in our sales team performance-wise, and also what talents that thrive with our managers. So the profiles we're looking for might be different uh, in our German team compared to our Italian team. It very much depends on uh, the team, but we have some very, you know, some obvious talents that we just need because we can see this is the one, <laughs> those are the ones that just performs in, in our company. And uh, every time someone uh, will churn from the company, I will always go in and look at the uh, talent profile and see, ah, okay, uh, here there might be some interesting data. And then I record that. And suddenly you will just be filled with data about this. And then you can uh, make much better decisions about hiring and assessment and, and so on. But if you use it in a very generic term, I think uh, you will fail on this. Uh, so you have to really, really put yourself into talent profiling if you decide to do it, um, because otherwise it will be a bit uh, vague maybe. Um, yeah. And, and we see many companies kind of dipping their toe into that, but unless, as you say, you're really committed to that and get enough data, then yeah. without that, it becomes, you know, a, a pointless exercise, I agree. I mean, I think really committing to that and getting, you know, a big enough data set and then evaluating the, the data. Now, I've got a question later just around data because I know both you and I are passionate about that. But I guess, you know, recently, um, we, we did a survey recently uh, across TA leaders and more and more candidate experience is coming as a, as a top priority. And I think it's an interesting one because at the same time, we're seeing many candidates saying feedback from recruiters is getting worse. You know, there, yeah. there are so many applications, you know, yes, yeah. you're saying candidate experience is a top priority, but how, how do you build positive candidate experience into your process, even as number of applications yeah. increase or complexity of talent pool increases, et cetera? Yeah, and this is, uh, again, must also be one of my favorite questions because uh, if you don't have a good experience for your candidates, then you know they will never come back and they will never talk to their friends and their old colleagues and so on. So this is also very, very crucial if you want to build a long-term strategy, TA-wise. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, just to maybe set the scene for my answer on this, then we, uh, this year so far, we hired uh, 64 uh, people. So a bit more since, uh, we uh, we, yeah. we first talked and uh, so we are at 64 hires um, and I get 90, uh, 952 applications per month and then uh, our NPS score is 94 and uh, that's a very very high NPS score yeah. and it's it's one of my focus elements uh, in the analysis part because you know it just says a lot about the process and and how you are uh, doing because if that's a high number uh, the NPS score then you obviously uh, do a good job kind of in in yeah. on the candidate side um and the way i do it is to again be very focused on human centric uh, automations in our ats system 
So be very, very human, be very, very communicative. Uh, I rather want to over communicate than the opposite. Yeah. That, that is just so, so uh, good. And I just get a lot of good feedback on this. Um, and then uh, I make sure to reply everyone um, to maintain a good reputation, but also uh, to build relationships. And, 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 and I think here it's important to state that speed must never be, or speed must never cause chaos on the candidate side. So even that you have yes. chaos internally in the TA team, you, you should not reflect that in any way. Um, and uh, yeah, the other point is that I, I always tend to, or I try my best to be faster than my recruiter uh, competitors. So mm -hmm. uh, during the summer, for instance, uh, that's where I turn all the volumes up uh, because all my uh, recruiter competitors, they are having vacation and uh, they have uh, long response rates and they are saying sorry about it and so on. But in my opinion, there's no excuse about not replying to an applicant uh, because mm -hmm. they don't care if it's uh, July or if it's December or what, whatever month it is. So in my opinion, everyone should have a, an answer no matter what. Um, and then I think I'm very personal and um, being very, very manual, actually, sometimes also uh, doing the process. So sometimes I, I would actually prioritize to spend half an hour to write one email, basically, because long term, it will have a huge effect um, and really try to put yourself into the candidate's perspective and try to consult or not consult, but advise the candidate on what to do, because sometimes they might be a bit uh, hesitant about uh, some elements, but then if you can put yourself into this uh, uh, story, then you're also doing good recruitment, um, mm -hmm. if you can help on, on, on that side. Excellent, super. I mean, I think the, the few times that we've chatted uh, recently, it's clear that you, you come across as someone who is very focused on continuous improvement. And, mm. and data. And again, we'll, we'll talk about the, the data later. But, and, and, you know, from my perspective, working with many different organizations, I do think the best organizations are the ones that are focused on continuous improvement and learning. And, and it's almost going back to my point on hiring insanity. You know, we do see many companies doing the same things and hoping for different hiring results. So when it comes to continuous improvement, um, how what would your advice be on how scale-ups evaluate and refine their hiring process to, to really, I guess, optimize their results. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this, uh, this is the only reason why we could hire so many people in uh, six months. So, uh, yeah, the 64 people has, has been hired during six months, uh, where we have been like one and a half, uh, resource on, on that. And I think the, the continuous improvement is, uh, so 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 crucial because if you don't improve in this phase of of the company journey then i mean yeah you would fail uh, because if you are corporate of course you will have good processes already when you start and uh but in a, in a startup and hyper growth environment it's, it's a complete uh, other thing because you need to build everything yourself so um i call this hypothesis hypothesis uh, testing and i think mm -hmm. um to make a hypothesis put it into a sheet, um, state the hypothesis that could be, uh, this video will increase my uh, candidate experience by uh, 10 in the NPS score, for instance. Yeah. That could be a hypothesis. 
and then uh, you have to reject or confirm the theory. So where, do we, where will you get the data from? Where, how would you secure the feedback? When you have gotten that, it could be that you have uh, yeah, asked uh, a lot of people uh, about uh, XYZ. Then you collect the data. Then you Im implement uh, what you have uh, concluded. And then you repeat that. So you can actually make a hypothesis sheet, state all your hypotheses. I did that in the start. Mm -hmm. Uh, then you just confirm, uh, reject theories, and when you confirm something, then you implement implement it immediately. And yeah. if you do that every month, then your process will just continue to be better, better, and better. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is a very, uh, I think it's also a, a lot of people doing this in marketing, and um, it's one of the best ways to to learn mm -hmm. about the the process. And I did that with the video, for instance. I just stated down. What uh, what could this video potentially bring me uh, in the process? And it it turned out that I could reduce my interview time because I uh, could be less generic in the interview because yeah. I have already told the candidate about all the generic information about how much are we growing, uh, how many employees are we, how is our sales mm -hmm. process, and so on. And that ultimately did that I could interview more people and I could be more focused on them. And I just got so much uh, good feedback on that. But yeah, I just picked up that idea from a colleague who said, Magnus, why just, why not make a video about this? And I said, wow, mm -hmm. that's a good idea. Wrote it down yeah. in my sheet, uh, tested it. And then, you know, yeah. the wheel is just uh, continuing. So I think, yeah, to repeat is to <laughs> state your hypothesis, reject or confirm, collect data, implement, repeat. It's excellent, and 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 maybe then getting towards the end. So you you've you've talked about data, you know for sure. But and and you're very passionate about data. But many companies are talking about it, but only a few are really leveraging the information to make better hiring decisions. So talk us through yeah. maybe an example of how how you and the organisation are really leveraging that data to to make better hiring decisions. I have a, yeah, two of the most important things here maybe. And the first one being a cost per hire. Um, I think a lot of people have cost per hire in their matrix and just you know look at it and can report how much it costs and so on. But I use it in my decision and negotiation as well. So um, it always showcases your opportunity cost. What can you actually afford? Um, so if my cost per hire is X and I want to hire a recruiter, for X search, then uh, I can look at my cost per hire and say, if I do it myself, then it would cost me this. Yep. And if the recruiter says a number that is, let's say, 100% above that, then I just mm -hmm. know that it's a bad you know, decision. Unless they are really skilled in what they are doing, then, mm -hmm. then I know I can do it uh, internally at a better price. So that is uh, one thing I, I leverage mm -hmm. this. Um, and um, yeah, I also use it in the negotiations and, you know, use my data points to, to just say, I mean, this would obviously be a, a, a bad business uh, for me. So you have to do it at this price because otherwise I can do it myself or we can do it in the TA team. And then, uh, yeah, the second thing is uh, the headhunting part. So of course we have inbound and a lot of applications and all that, but we must not forget the headhunting part or the outbound uh, part yeah. in, in TA. Um, and here I just treat the process like a classic funnel. Um, so make sure that you track every stage in the funnel. Uh, 
all your TA employees, they will have to know and be taught early on to report uh, conversion rates, uh, time to hire, a reply rates, all that, uh, all that uh, kind of rates, a conversion rate to interview. Um, that is something you will have to be very, very good at, and it should be, it should come from your heart when, when, you know, I ask what is the conversion rate to interview on this search, then uh, my colleague will know that number. So mm -hmm. uh, that is very important because then as a TA leader, you will know where the problem is and you can make better decisions. So is it the starter of the funnel that we may have problems or is it the uh, late stage? It could be that everyone falls out after the second interview, after uh, a hiring manager chat. Yeah. So maybe something is going wrong there and we didn't maybe not train the hiring manager probably. So, I mean, then you can, again, use the data to, to point out where, where in the funnel do we have a problem. Excellent. Really, really good insights. Um, and maybe finally then, so, you know, you've, you've, you've done a lot through, through the, your TA career and people career so far, but what would be your, your biggest learning and what advice would you share with other peers in that startup scale up hyper growth uh, arena? So uh, I think uh, it's uh, how powerful LinkedIn can actually be if you use it correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that comes down to uh, job posting algorithms and targeting methods. That is uh, something I have really invested a lot of hours into. And um, I really, I think I succeeded in growth hacking, kind of that environment. Um, then it is to... Uh, master how Boolean search is working and not just in generically, you really have to put yourself into this and uh, investigate the technical aspects of this um, because you will just, um, you will just get cheaper applicants, better applicants, faster hiring processes. You will prepare the TA department to go into hyper growth phase uh, because without LinkedIn in my setting right now, I cannot imagine how I could actually, uh, hire that many people. And that is only because I know how their targeting uh, is working throughout their, their channels and so on. Um, yeah. Excellent. Super. So, so really good insights and, and super helpful. And, and I think somebody from my side of listening to you, I think, you know, what you're saying is really, you know, first of all, build a process, have a process, you know, test that process, improve mm. that process. You know, you use data to, to verify what you're doing. And, and as you said, you know, treat treat the process as a as a funnel, but making sure that you've got that humanization as well as automation in the right in the right space, as well as then really focusing at the overall on candidate NPS and, and making sure that the, the the external customer, as it were, you know, is, is happy with, with what you're doing. Great. Um it's, so it's been a pleasure to speak to you, Mark Magnus. Um thanks to our listeners. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Please feedback if you have any specific topics you would like to see in future episodes. Uh, drop me a note on LinkedIn or, or comment below. And, and again, thanks, Magnus, for your time. Of course, you're welcome. Thank you.